Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm John Ryan and this is Pod Roast. This week, LBC's Sheila Fogarty on the new podcast about her experience of story. Stalking, and the usual false bonhomie and overdone gags of yet another Alan Carr vehicle. So today's selections are by Spotify. I've had a crazy week, hence the lateness of this episode, so I hit the thing in CarPlay where it finds stuff for me to listen to. Weirdly, there was a pic of the peerless Nick Abbott. Recently I had a long trip and listened back to a podcast of his three-hour LBC Late Show I'd missed, recommended. But rather than attached to a Nick podcast, this was promoting The Followers, a new pod from Rage Against the Machine-loving Sheila Fogarty. Now, there's a broadcaster that's kind of crept up on me a bit. I was never much of a fan in her five live days, but during this imperial phase of LBC that's going on, all ships have been lifted on that rising tide. The followers sound like it might be about groupies or cults, but it's actually from the bit of the Venn diagram that Global are quite good at, quietly mining your host's history and finding something to hang a series onto that works in podcast world and all the hot topics there. True crime, in this case. You see, I wouldn't say Sheila was a particular favourite, but just from LBC osmosis, I know she's from an Irish family, that she grew up in Liverpool, yada yada. What I never knew is that she had a stalker for two years. Not a standard radio stalker. Just to digress a minute, I had a guy once. He used to send me sweet, if sad, notes. Probably from a bed set. It was before the days of email, so they were notes. Occasionally he'd freak me out by saying what I'd been wearing at an outside broadcast or something, but I think he was harmless enough. When I was producing a former big beast in his talk radio years, we attracted a correspondent we christened the Serial Packet Killer. They'd literally send hundreds of hard by road notes that were written on torn off parts of serial packets and were clearly listening, dare I say it, more than I was. They'd say things like, all in capitals, show, not a show, I cannot see you, how is it a show? In crazy capitals and underlined three times. Or, see you tomorrow, don't say see you, it is radio, not television, etc, etc. Very literal interpretations of the radio craft. Women obviously attract slightly crazier delusionists. A late show presenter I worked with once had some freshly minted faecal matter sent to her in a jiffy bag once. And perhaps the jointly sweetest and weirdest story I ever heard was a newsreader who for years was sent dozens of little gifts by a listener. Nothing very big. No notes, no letters either, no explanation. Just pencil sharpeners, jewellery, pens, dice, all sorts of miniature gifts. Then they stopped for a couple of weeks, and on the radio station we were all a bit freaked and assumed that the benefactor had sadly died. Then a letter arrived saying, You're probably wondering what all these things have had in common. Well, they've all been inside me. Well, that's disturbing, and more than a little creepy. They're all at one remove. Sheila's stalker was real. 
This six-minute promo episode starts not with her, which is not decision, but with a generic synth theme trying and failing not to sound like the theme to Stranger Things. A grizzled older male voice pipes up, blow me, it's only John Panorama Sweeney. He introduces the idea and cues into something that sounds suspiciously like a pre-recorded clip of Sheila with a live question. She talks about how at first she batted it away, this stalking, as an annoyance or an irritation, but learnt the hard way that's not how stalking works. John goes straight for the jugular next, asking how the experience has impacted her life. Are there moments even now when you look behind you and you start to fear? It's a curious setup. Is this John's podcast as presenter? Is he going to host the series? Is Sheila just the interviewee? Was it decided maybe that Sheila needed an interviewer to bring out her story? which is odd when she sits on the radio telling stories, going blah, on her own for three hours every day. Did that interviewer have to be, sorry John, a guy? These are all production decisions that could have gone one way or the other, and I'm not sure they went the right way. There's also no interaction between them. The creepy theme comes back in, and John is more earnest than Ernest Hemingway on Mastermind on Good Friday. Sheila, thank you for doing this. It's really great work. He sounds like the head of the sixth form at a leavers assembly. John tells us how to get the podcast, then promises a clip. And we hear a clip. There's an Irish female narrator who I feel I really ought to know the voice of, but don't. It sounds like she's talking about a stalking situation in the third person. Then we cut to another clip of Sheila about a time she spots her guy carrying a bag. And just that departure from his normal is enough to freak her out. There's then a clip of an expert who sounds like a politician or a cop. Then a totally freaky description from Sheila about finding her guy, I assume we never hear, up to the end, in the hallway of her apartment. But weirdly, at this point, Sheila's reading, which is unusual. This is a broadcaster we know for sounding very much off the top of her head. And yet here, it's almost scripted narrative. There's some quite obvious sound design too. Now that's what I call creepy situations in dark hallways. And as I say, this promo moment isn't even resolved. Sheila's late night visitor could have been her brother or the cat or the guy from Deliveroo. There's quite a lot of effort that's gone into this six minutes. Special Sheila clips, John Bleeden Sweeney, not some ten a penny VO off Fiverr. And yet the bit that works least well is the clip of the podcast itself. Don't worry, Sheila, I won't be following you. So it's almost like Spotify has it in for me. Alan Carr is up next, someone else I've never quite got. It might be that he spent his early life in Northampton, quite the most egregious town I've ever spent any time in. In fact, I lived there for two years, apart from Blackburn. And it's almost a word association thing. Actually, watching Interior Design Masters has made him grow on me a bit. He seems genuinely nice, and I know you should never say that about anyone on the telly. It's all artifice, isn't it, on the junior medium. But maybe this one will move me even closer to becoming a fan. Spoiler alert, it didn't. Life's a Beach is one of those podcast ideas no one realised that no one ever wanted. It's a travel show that literally doesn't go anywhere. Alan asks packed questions about holidays to his celebrity guests, who usually have something to plug. The mechanic is it's set on an Alan Airways plane on the way to a location they're talking about. That's all right, I suppose. There's a bing-bong airport announcement at the start to set this up, but then it's kind of an idea that's just forgotten about. In fact, even the travel discussion is forgotten about when they go down blind alleys, many of which, surprise, surprise, are about whatever they're there to plug, usually a book. 
Whilst audio usually amplifies the good stuff about people, their honesty, their wit, conversational skills, think Graham Norton say, here it works in the opposite. Any amusing bon mot from the guest, or even just them saying some words, elicits gales of that chatty man laughter, which he gets away with on the telly, but it sounds somehow hollower without the pictures. The episode I was served up was Angela Scanlon. Where it came to life for me was when they went so far off brief, they ended up talking about the one show and how Alan was there for, well, let's call it Camilla Cabello's wardrobe malfunction. Swearing, of course, is big and clever, and there are a couple of spots where he Fs and Jeffs. I can almost hear a more authentic, funnier version of Alan coming out. Love to hear more of that. It just seems the travel format so loosely applied, they might as well not bother. And make this the chat show, it clearly would rather be. I'm John Ryan, weary-eared and disappointed, this week with a promo for the followers from Global and Alan Carr's Life's a Beach. I listen to these, so you don't have to. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.